1: Keep on keeping that what you love. You'll find that someday, soon enough, you will rise up, rise up, yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Underdog. Today, I have an incredible guest here with me. Chaz, how are you, my friend? I'm
0: doing great, Pamela. And How
1: about yourself? How are you doing today? I am doing lovely, my friend. Yeah,
0: I tell you what, gratitude changed my life. When you focus on all that you get to do, And all the things that you have, as opposed to have to do, and those things you don't, it changes your life. Amen,
1: Chaz. See, I'm already pumped up and excited for our interview. You are an absolute rock star in so many different realms. So I always start off with my most favorite question What inspired you on your journey to where you are today?
0: Wow. I've done a lot of discovery to understand why I do what I do, and why I struggled, and why I have fears. And so it has to be. When I was young, maybe nine, 10, my parents had gone through a divorce and my dad would pick me up on the weekends. And we moved to an apartment, 502, Bratinal Place. It's a little village outside of Cleveland on on Lake Erie. And I used to sit on the balcony and watch the exit of the freeway, which was about oh, half a mile away. I, can, I could see my dad's car exiting the freeway. And I used to sit out there because he used to always be late. And so I'd play a game. He'd be the 10th car, the 20th car, the 50th, the 100th car. And one night, I don't know, getting up to like 250 or something like that, he was late. The next week, I mean, he was extremely late or didn't show up. And then the next week he disappeared. And so... I was calling him, reaching out to him. I mean, this was happening year after year after year. So I thought my dad had died. And when you're a little kid, I mean, you don't care about divorce and who's right or what's wrong and anything like that. You just want to spend time with your parents. And so I finally located my dad uh, several years later. And I said, dad, what happened to you? I thought, I thought you died. And he goes, well, I lost all my money. So I didn't think you wanted me around anymore. So his mindset was so jacked up with that thought process because he was like a, a really amazing dad that I remember before the divorce and then all of a sudden he disappeared. And so that's what motivated me in a way that I didn't realize till later in life. It's, I want to be transparent and authentic. And I realized this, you being you me being me will attract the exact right people to me, to you, and repel the wrong ones. I was, my frame of reference was so messed up that I was trying to live a life to attract people to me and try to be the life of the party and all these different things. And so I made up a whole person who I wasn't. And so when I came to terms with who I was, And so that's one of the major things that inspires me in addition to helping people see their potential, then help them realize it. And that affected me because I grew up in a place that was really critical. We suppressed all our feelings and I never really thought I had much potential. And so when I had my boss speak into my life, when I was homeless, living in a car, my first B2B sales job. Ken Upton, which we could get into that a little bit later, he said these three words, you can be, preceded or followed by the top salesperson in the company. I was 119 out of 119. I was living in my car. He didn't know about that. I was homeless. So that became my why. I didn't realize it way back then, but my dad's absence and then people speaking into my life, that's my why today. Helping people see their potential and helping them realize it and just being authentic it wasn't, it's not about things, which I live my life many years for that. If I just get this one thing, I'm going to be happy. Coming to terms with just being yourself and helping people see who they are, see the potential and helping them realize it. That's really what drives me at the core of who I am.
1: Amen, Chaz. Oh my God. And I was getting chills as you were talking about it, especially when you mentioned like people speaking into you. And thank you so much for sharing it. I mean- sure. People speaking into, and that's such a powerful thing. I always talk about the cheerleaders. The cheerleaders in your life make all the difference. So you mentioned a couple of things, which I absolutely adore. So before we get into those, I do want to ask you a question. Sure. What did you want to be as a kid when you grew up?
0: I saw myself on stage in front of millions of people shouting my name. Now, I don't know why that was something that's like crazy about dreams, but also kind of amazing. I don't know why they're shouting my name. I, I think it was because I was just so amazing and awesome. <laughs> and so, but it, it goes to the heart of that because I was so insecure and I wanted attention. And so I just craved to be around people, you know, shouting my name. So that was the earliest memory of what I wanted to be, whether it was like a, a rock star or something like that. But I didn't really have any talents. I just wanted to be around people and attract people to me. But Then it was just like a dream that was, it was cool, but I didn't have any, like, okay, how am I going to get on stage in front of millions of people? It was just something that I would think about often. I love that,
1: Jess. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's awesome. (laughs) That's so awesome. And kind of getting into, again, it's talking about those cheerleaders in your life, right? So he mentioned to you, you can be, you can be. So walk me through the very first time that you heard that and how you started implementing it in your life when you're like, okay, he's speaking into me. And how did you sort of rise, rise from that? Because you just mentioned that you were homeless, sleeping in your car and and no one had any idea.
0: Right. Yeah. I wouldn't tell my family because there's just so much shame around it at the time when I was homeless. So two things go back to, I can remember Mr. Donovan in the sixth grade, he said, you're the smartest kid in the class. And I got straight A's that year. And then fast forward to Ken Upton many years later, I was 24 at the time. And just, this is how it, how it happened. It's really important in speaking, being a cheerleader, you can speak life into people or you can drag people, speak death in there's a lot of power in the tongue and what we say, not only what we say, but how we say it even more so. So Ken Upton asked me to come over to his house for dinner. He was my boss. It was my first B2B sales job. And I hadn't eaten in a couple of days. So I'm like, cool. Washed up some clothes in the, in the gas station restroom. And went over his house and he pulled me into the den. It was in Northern California. And if people don't, have been in Northern California, say it's hot. Northern California isn't hot. It's cold. <laughs> so there's a fire in a fireplace. It was like a master to student. And he sat me down and he said, he said, Chaz, he goes, are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? I was clueless. <laughs> I was totally clueless. I'm like, sick and tired. He goes, yeah, I know you're not making any money. You're 119 out of 119 salespeople. I mean, it's hundred percent commission. He goes, are you sick and tired of that? I'm like, yeah. And then he said, you don't understand. You can be the number one salesperson in the company, but you got to follow the system. You got to follow the process because it's proven. We spent a lot of time getting the system and process together. And That was drilled into my head back then. And so that was all I needed. I faced, it was hundred percent cold calls. I mean, it was driving into a town and calling a business and showing up in the business and if I didn't walk out with a check, I didn't get paid really high pressure sales, which is another story for another time. But back then I was just learning how to sell. And so 45 days later, I was number three in the company. Out of 119, and I moved out of my place with automatic windows.
1: (laughs) Amen. Oh, my goodness. Chaz, that's incredible. That's incredible. So, like, what did you do to implement that? Because here's the thing, right? You were in in the underdog moment, right? Of course. Big time. Big time. All up against all odds. And you were trying to figure this thing out because that's the hardest part is getting out from the pit, I I like to say, rising above that. It's the hardest thing to do. So how, what did you do to implement that? And what kept you motivated throughout the process as you were doing that?
0: So, and just for everyone listening here, even if you weren't homeless, there's challenges and struggles. And so what I'm about to communicate, this applies to everybody because we all have challenges. And so I didn't know it at the time, looking back, you know, hindsight being 2020, I had a goal. I hated the pain that I was in. I took ownership. I love the book Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink and his his partner. It's all about taking ownership. I took ownership of where I was and then did the hard work. The biggest thing that we all face is fear. And we can face the fear, go towards the fear, and get to the other side, reaching out of our comfort zone. That's where life is meant to live outside of our comfort zone. I didn't realize that these were things weren't in my head back then. I just wanted to not live like that anymore. And Ken said, you can be the number one salesperson in the company. That belief in me drove me as well as not wanting to live like that. When you put those two things together, that was really, really powerful. And I had a system and process to plug into. It's proven. I was doing things my own way and I was getting my result, which was zero zilch, nada. And so those things combined helped me face my fear and do the things that I needed to do. And I'll tell you what, I started the next day, I started making calls and doing the right thing and using the script and reaching out to people and then going in person. And he was saying, you got to follow the system. You got to follow the process. And I was following a script. So I go in, I remember the first time and the guy handed me a check for, I can't remember, like 2,100 bucks. I walked out of there and I'm like, whoa, the system and process does work. <laughs> so I hope that answers your question.
1: Yes, absolutely. In different respects too. I mean, the fact that, like you said, it's it's that belief in you that you couldn't let Ken down. Couldn't let Ken, him, couldn't let Ken down and then out of necessity, it's like, I don't want to be here anymore in this moment. And then, you know, once you start, once you started implementing the systems, I mean, you get addicted to success. So you just keep on replicating and keep on going. and Chaz, did you make it to number one sales? Number three. Number three, gotcha. Yep. That's incredible. That's amazing. Still, like, that's amazing. And you did it within like, what, two months? 45 days. Not even two months. That's incredible. Yeah,
0: 119 to number three. uh, Quite the accomplishment. And I was in my head. It was just filled with head trash. And so making that shift from where I was to where I needed to go based on Ken giving me the cheerleaders, you can be. That's all I needed when I had a system and process to follow.
1: That's incredible. And I commend you, my friend, because that's not an easy place to go to. And to get to that space is absolutely, absolutely unreal. And also, like you mentioned, that teacher that spoke to you, too, and said you're the smartest kid in the class and you got all A's. Mr. Donovan, right. There's something about language. That just makes things, I don't know, like speaking into people. And, and the thing is like sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Like when people say that, I'm just like, that is such horse.
0: <laughs> Big time. Yeah, that's oh. right. Yeah. It's the words that we carry through the rest of our life, especially how they are said.
1: Incredible. I'm telling you. And, and it really does make a difference in your life. I mean, just by speaking into you, look what you were able to accomplish, right?
0: Yep. yep and, most and- definitely.
1: And for those listening, B2B is business to business sales, yeah? So if you could- could, could That's exactly correct. Could you give us a little bit of background on on that world? Sure. What's B2B?
0: (laughs) Yeah, so business to business. So you have an offer, you have a solution that solves a problem in a business. And, And so if you, there's a lot of coaches out there, there's a lot of B2B consultants out there, and there's coaches that serve individuals, and that's like B2C, business to consumer. Okay, so B2B, you're working specifically with a business and you're solving a business problem. And to go a little bit deeper than that, if you have a business and you want to sell your solution and I'm all about serving, not selling. But for the sake of this matter and the time, if you're selling your solution, you need to solve. There's generally a top two, three problems that you need to identify with your prospective client that's through within your target market that you solve. And so that's the value you bring to the marketplace. You solve these problems. And so they can focus on other areas of their business. Now they have peace of mind. They're no longer going into their week Sunday evening going, oh crud. In my world, it would be, now it's like, ah, I don't have a predictable way to bring clients into my business. I don't have revenue, it's up and down. How am I gonna solve this problem? I solved that problem today. And so you as a business or as a business owner, B2B, you need to solve and identify those top two, three problems. That's
1: fantastic. Right. And it's within an organization. So it's business to business sales. So you're basically marketing to businesses as opposed to a consumer, like anybody.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Correct. Yep. Interesting. Interesting, Chaz.
1: Seriously. I mean, it's just such a different world. In business, there's so much opportunity. It's absolutely huge
0: opportunity. And you know what? With the great resignation, people don't know and understand there is, I have, I have clients, I have a fractional COO client and a fractional CFO client as they're working through the, the strategy with the process, they're able to connect with people because they're not able to, a lot of businesses aren't able to fill these positions right now because of the great resignation. And there's a huge opportunity for anytime there's a problem, there's an opportunity. It's just how you look at it. And if there's a problem, that's what make entrepreneurs great, is they look at the problem, okay, here's a problem in the marketplace, great resignation, how do we solve this problem? Right now, people are not wanting to work for other people, and so they're leaving the workforce, which gives B2B consultants an opportunity to serve them, and usually at a reduced cost. Because they're not paying benefits and all those different things, but yet for the B two B consultant, they're making a good living as well.
1: That's incredible. That's incredible, Chaz. I mean, it's really interesting because yeah, the re- Great Resignation, so much is shifting right now, and it's crazy. I learned something. I think it was about ten million people jobs are available for ten million people yeah. right now. Open jobs, ten million open jobs right now for people, and it's like what? Like oh, wait are you kidding? You know, it's just, it's just crazy to see. And I think that everyone's moving towards purpose, you know, a little bit, they're finding out, you know, I think COVID did, did something really great. You know, it did a lot of negative too, but, but I think it did something really great in that, you know, for the first time, a lot of people were stopped in their tracks, pulled out of their routine. And for once they have a chance to question what it is that they're doing and are they living their most meaningful life?
0: You made a, a, such a salient point. When we get out of our routine because we're like, we could be like robots. We do the same thing today that we did yesterday and we'll repeat that tomorrow. And when you get out of your routine, you get to see things from a different perspective. And that's where you get a paradigm shift. So you're 100% right on with what you say. I agree wholeheartedly. People, it's like they're going moving to more towards purpose. And it's like, wait, I can work from home? I know when I was in sales, I'm like, why do you want me to drive 50 minutes to the office then drive 50 minutes to my territory, I was doing in-person cold calls. You know, I could save more time. And if I go right from home to my territory, it would give me more time cold calling. And so from that, I didn't have to go into the office or except for sales meetings moving forward. But who wants to go to work when you can do something from home? Not all people enjoy that, but a lot of people do. And with being at home on Zoom, it's like, hey, why do I need to go to the office?
1: (laughs) Right. You know? Exactly. And so many people have made career shifts. So, you know, spending more time with family and all yep. of that. I mean, it's enhanced relationships. It's really interesting the balance. Like, it's just so many different things. And, you know, what I, what I love is your, your energy, Chaz, truly. I mean, and we were mentioning um, right at the beginning of this call, you were talking about gratitude. What are your thoughts on that? And what's really wow. inspired you throughout your journey? Because you've had a remarkable one.
0: Yeah. So, gratitude ch- changed my life. Pamela, have you ever heard like, be grateful? And it's like, okay, be grateful. I mean, that's, yeah, that's good. But when in 2020, we're talking about COVID. I was sick, really sick for like four months. And at that point in time, I am like, okay, I got a business. I'm still working in my business and on my business. And if I disappear, the business isn't going to be around, okay? Because I don't, I didn't have the systems and processes that I do today, but I'm, I'm still haven't, haven't gotten there yet. I'm still doing both in my business and on my business, working on both of those. By the way, people who, who are listening, what do you mean in your business and on your business? If you don't want to be just an employee working for yourself, you want to be working on your business so you can grow and look at the big picture as opposed to doing all the tasks that you aren't good at. So I was doing all of, of that. I had a couple team members, but I was so sick and I had to sleep 12, 13 hours a day and I'm like, how am I going to get through this? And so I just thought, okay, God, I'm just going to trust you with this. The anxiety left me. I'm like, have you ever been, I had the flu and just like, you can't even move. The COVID feeling was different and it jacked with my immune system. It's still kind of jacked up to this day. It jacked with my immune system. And I was, I mean, I had no energy and I was hacking and hacking and hacking all the time. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't produce video content during that time because I couldn't talk without coughing. And so I went to all written content, which helped me. There's a silver lining there. But going to, through that process, we talk about gratitude. What I would do, I'd wake up first thing in the morning and I would think I can see, I can hear, I can taste, I can smell, I can touch. And, and it's like, I have those five cents. I have shelter. I have clothing. I have my bills paid. I have a place to live. I have clothing. I have food. And just by doing that, I can feel the chemicals in my brain change. And it took my thought off of how I felt to what I had. And so I said this at the beginning that's where I got this. It's when you focus on all that you have and get to do, as opposed to the things you don't have and you have to do, it will change your world. It will expand, I mean, your entire universe. And so that gratitude, i finally understood that, wow, being grateful for the small little things changes your paradigm. And so that really helped to bring a lot of joy into my life. That gave me inspiration just to wake up every day and really I'm alive. And I still go through my gratitude list each and every morning. And plus, during that time, I um, started doing biohacking. Are you familiar with the term biohacking? No. What is that? Okay. So biohacking is hacking into your biology. So what can we do quick to change the way we feel? I grew up suppressing all my feelings. I grew up with a lot of fear. I looked for ways by sedating and whatnot to change how I felt long ago. But as I learned about biohacking, Wim Hof, he's the ice man. He does Wim Hof breathing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ice baths is a form of biohacking, okay? Wim Hof breathing is a biohack because when you do Wim Hof breathing and anybody's like, Wim Hof, just W I M H, or you can put it in the show notes, H-O-F-F in YouTube, and you can see the Wim Hof breathing technique. Mm -hmm. So when I would wake up, I would do the the gratitude that would change. I would do what I call thinkitation, diaphragm breathing that would get my state and my chemicals that would lower my cortisol, which is your stress chemical. And then I did the Wim Hof breathing. And that would give me the energy to get out of bed. And then I would do an ice bath. That would give me the energy to work four to five hours a day. That's what I did every day for close to close to four months.
1: Wow. And you do the ice bath. Tony Robbins does that. Every morning, he talks about that. He's like, every single morning, I do this ice bath. And let me tell you, there is not one day that I look forward to it.
0: (laughs) It's like, but 20 minutes later, it's life changed. Now, I live in Kansas City, and the water temperature gets down around 36, 34 in the winter. So I don't do ice baths during the winter. I do cold showers, but I do the other three, three seasons of the year if i don't take an ice bath i don't think i have ever not gone through a day and not taken an ice bath but if for some reason i got busy in the morning and didn't have time it's just it gives you a level of alertness that you i've never have experienced before. Plus it gives you an energy and you can look up the neuroscience behind that. It's it's amazing. It will change your world. My goodness. When did you start implementing this? I did it about six months before I got I I got COVID. So I was already doing it and I didn't understand the correlation with it being able to help me with being so extremely sick at the time. But if it wasn't for the biohacks, my faith, I wouldn't I don't I I don't think I want well, the gratitude too, I don't think I would have been able to get through that time. Wow.
1: Wow. And the biohacking, that's crazy that you can tap into your own biological- You can change plant. the
0: chemicals in your brain so quickly. And it's just, with just doing diaphragm breathing within 10 minutes, or even even sooner, Wim Hof breathing, you could change it within a couple minutes. Ice bath, it's like, boom, within three minutes. You don't feel it right away, but about five, 10, 15, 20 minutes later, you feel a shift. I can't tell you how many times I've been kind of dragging. I'll take a second ice bath. It's like, it's like, it's better than caffeine. I drink coffee in the morning. I like caffeine, but it's better than caffeine. And there's not that like caffeine hangover. What do they call it? that five hour energy commercial? They talk about not like caffeine or <laughs> whatever they say. But yeah, it's, it's amazing. It really will, it really will change your life and help change. If you're like down, depressed and all these different things. I mean, obviously see someone if you need help I'm, and I'm not a psychologist. And I don't play one on TV, but it will help change states quickly. It's helped me so many different times. That's incredible.
1: And you just started doing this as soon as the second you wake up. That's what you think of.
0: Yeah, I I jump right into it. Because otherwise, if you go into your day and you check your email, that's always about them. And all of a sudden, if you wake up in the day, and I've done this before, and social media is like, oh, negative comment, then your cortisol, your stress chemical, is highest in the morning. So when you do that, all of a sudden, that that creates a foundation for how you're going to go through the rest of your day. When you start out and get your mind right with gratitude and focus and lower your cortisol levels, exercise is also really good for that. It will change your, your mental state and you'll be in a much better place. So that you'll be a lot more productive and your communications are going to be a lot deeper because you're going to have a lot more clarity within your mind.
1: I love that. Oh my God. I love those hacks. Well, because that's the thing, right? We perform at optimal levels when our mind, body, and spirit are taken care of.
0: Yep. Exactly right.
1: Once we address those things, I mean, it's it's one thing. And, and you did mention something about the suppression of emotions, which is super prevalent in our society, especially in the... In the masculine arena, if you will. And you know that I found out recently that the reason why women live longer than men is because of suppressed emotions, which is yeah, sanity to me. It's insane. I mean, I get it, though. It makes perfect sense. But I'm like, whoa, how do we break that mold? And I'm sure you've broken through it and shattered right through it.
0: Yeah, so I lived through my life with suppressing my emotions and I, I had gone through my mom died, my my dad died, I went through a divorce, I lost everything. I was in a place at that point in time in my life where I was a legend within my own mind, okay? I had like this huge huge ego. I had no self really self-awareness and I suppressed all my my feelings and emotions. So, when my mom died and all these different events, I couldn't suppress the grief, the bereavement. It was just too strong for me to suppress. And so I looked to sedate. I got to a place where I was extremely depressed. I got to a moment in 2004. I say this if it wasn't for a knock in the door at 2004, I wouldn't be here today. I had bought a gun. I loaded it with hollow points. And if people are listening, what's a hollow point? It's a type of bullet that it spreads and it destroys everything in its path. I loaded it. I put it against my head. I took the safety off and I was, I was tapping my finger on the trigger. And it was like one tap. And each time I would tap it a little bit harder. No note. I just wanted to end the pain. And it's like each time I would tap it harder and harder and harder. So I, I think I tapped it fourth time, which was pretty hard. I was about to tap it even harder the fifth time. And then all of a sudden, there's a knock at the door. And it was my brother who felt like God was telling him to go see me. He, he had never come over to my house. So if he had not knocked at the door in 2004, I, I wouldn't be here today. I'm pretty sure probably that fifth, you know, pull on the trigger would have, would have been it. So that was the depths of the darkest time in my life. And it wasn't that I got through that, and also I was like, booya, oh, yeah. okay. When you have suppression of emotions for a long period of time, it takes time to understand, and you have to be willing and understand how to do this. Because if someone back then would say, "Well, you need to see somebody," I would take it offense to that. It's like, what's wrong? There's nothing wrong with me, you know. And today I'm totally different. But fast forward about about ten years, and I, and I had a a real difficult situation. I was thinking, man, okay. I was a lot more self-aware, and I started to search out people with the science of behavior, you know, the chemicals, neuroscience, all these different things, therapists. I would go through people's programs, and I came across, I'm a Christian, and I came across a a Buddhist guy. Truth is truth, no matter where it comes from and who says it. You know, it doesn't matter this. So I finally got to the place in time that I was starting to learn from people I disagreed with. And this is something I say all the time. When you learn from people you disagree with, your whole world will, will expand. And so he had this way of dealing with shame. You had to do a Facebook Live in this group, not publicly, it was in this group. So it was a safe environment. And you'd say, if you really knew me, you would know that I did X. And this happened to me and that. And it was going through that exercise and all these other programs that I was going through was the beginning of me starting to heal and getting to the place where I want to feel those feelings. I want to feel those emotions. And because those motion emotions are there to, it's kind of like a signal that, hey, you're feeling this way because there's a reason. And if, if you're feeling sad or bad, it's like, hey, what's the reason connected to that? And when you can connect the dots then you become emotionally healthy, and you have a lot of joy going through that process. So doing that. By the way, one of the biohacks I do is cry therapy. You talked about guys earlier <laughs> about yeah. struggling. Yeah, I, I had a I had a, a coach. I had a huge headache for two months, and it felt like a tumor was like trying to break out of my brain. And she said, "Well, why don't, maybe you need to cry." I'm like, "What cry?" And she goes, Yeah, I'll put on a movie, a romance movie, and like watch it. And like after an hour or so, I'll cry my eyes out. And I'm like, I don't want to wait an hour. So I YouTube search how to cry real hard, real fast. (laughs) And so I have, when I have like a pain in my head, it's usually because there's some, because I suppress my emotions my whole life, I need to have a manual way, because it doesn't happen automatically, of allowing myself to cry. When I did that, when she told me that, it was like, oh my gosh, all these emotions. Were, I was I was watching this video. It's like people coming home from the war or something like that unexpectedly. And I was just bawling my eyes out and all these emotions. And it was I had control over it. So there was joy, there was sadness, but I was able to express myself. And guess what? That headache that was like debilitating for two months was gone. Wow. I mean, totally gone after that. It, and you talk about the women living longer than men. Yeah, if you're suppressing your feelings, and don't have an outlet, stress leads to disease. Well, it's crazy because
1: I was at a holistic conference, holistic medicine, and they talk about emotions getting your emotions can get trapped in different parts of your body. Even in your oh, teeth, yeah. you actually need to release them because some people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, and, you know, suppressing of emotion. I'm like, if, it, if you don't release it, it's going to show up somewhere in your body, which is insane. Right. Which is insane. Yep. And that's that's so interesting that you took those techniques and you worked through that and it actually helped. I mean, and you physically felt better.
0: Yep. Big time. Most definitely.
1: Wow. Chaz, I just, I adore your journey and I thank you so much for sharing everything. I mean, and it's never easy to talk about your past, right? But you just never know who's listening and who's going to be inspired by this, or who might be going through it right now and be like, Oh my God, here's somebody that understands. Right. And I
0: have been through yeah, it. I have no, I, I have no problem. Cause when you talk about your shame, it loses its shackles yes. and its control over your life. And it encourages someone else, just like you said. So I have no problem. I used to be just the opposite. I would like, Oh, I don't want to talk about the shame that people would think less of me. I just don't think that way anymore.
1: I adore that you're sharing it and that you're so vulnerable and awesome with it because again, it's going to change lives and I'm sure it already has through you sharing it, but especially here with everybody listening, for sure. For sure. So Chaz, what are you up to in the world now? Like what's what's new in your world? I'm starting
0: the first month of my sixth year in my business. So during my life, I was in sales and nine different industries, I was always near the top after Ken Upton, I was always near the top or at the top in sales, but I didn't like what I was selling. And so going back to my why, helping people see their potential, then help them realize that nothing gives me more professional joy than working with people. And the way that I do that, well, taking a step back, when I became a sales manager, it was like, I didn't like managing people, but I love coaching people because I can help them see the potential, then help them realize it. And I was able to help some people in a significant way. So fast forward to December, 2016, I started my business. I had the sales background and I had marketing too, because I didn't, but I don't want to do cold calls anymore. So I developed a marketing strategy and I did things differently as a salesperson. So what I do today is I help small businesses, B2B consultants, coaches. I help solve their number one problem typically they have because if they don't have sales coming into their business predictably, you know, referrals are great, but they're not predictable. And a lot of people have are great at delivering their offer, but they don't know how to market and sell. Marketing is about building confidence in your target market and what you do and alleviating the uncertainty. And then sales, It's just about serving them. It's about serving, not selling, onboarding, not closing. So I show them how to attract people through a marketing strategy. It's all about leverage, positioning, and conversion, okay? Let's take LinkedIn, for example. When you are positioned correctly with leverage, a leverage could be an event. People come to the event, you leverage because they have confidence in you and you're positioned correctly. Leverage positioning leads to conversions, So let me bring this point home with this 12 year old Girl Scout. Sometimes it's the young mind that has a lot more business savvy and business acumen than some of us that have been around for a while. So, this Girl Scout, she didn't go to a Walmart where it's real busy. She didn't go door to door like a lot of Girl Scouts do. She didn't go in her driveway like a lot lot of Girl Scouts do. She understood leverage and positioning, which led to conversions. By the way, going door to door and going to a busy, you know Walmart, where there's heavy traffic, but not her audience. I mean, they're buying food. The only reason why it's it's the brand, the Girl Scout, that people buy in front of Walmart. And most people don't have that brand. So what people do generally is they'll like on LinkedIn they'll do like Sales Navigator, which is a demographic search. Less than three percent of people who you're reaching out to cold are ready to make a buying decision. And a lot of people don't have the skill set to reach out to people, and they're just spamming people. So it's chasing away more people. Then they imagine it's diminishing that yourself in their eyes of your prospective client, and you're eliminating any any sense of being an authority. If they don't see you as an authority, have confidence, they're not gonna do business with you. So this girl scout, guess where she went to? Any guesses? Oh God. She positioned herself outside of a cannabis dispensary. She understood her customers' wants, not so much needs. And she sold out 117 boxes in less than two hours. It's a fun story, but I mean, we're not selling cookies, but it doesn't matter in business. When you're positioned with leverage, it leads to conversion. Marketing and sales, when you bring this together congruently, I can help anyone scale their business as long as they're coachable, committed, and decisive. They have to be those. If they aren't, I'm not going to work with them. So that's what I do. I get a lot of joy when I get text messages in the group with my client group. I had a post, this is actually from a team member yesterday, saying, Chance, help me with X. I was here before and I got here. Going back to Ken Upton, I get a lot of joy from helping people see their potential, then help them realize it. So that's what I am up to today.
1: That's incredible. That is incredible. I adore that. I adore that. And I just, I love that you have requirements for it too, because those are the people that you will attract into your world and that you'll continue to work with, which is amazing. Yep. As I'm going to ask my favorite question, the other one, what inspired you on your journey is kind of like number two. What would your older self tell your younger self based on what you know now?
0: Don't do that, but do this. (laughs) Don't let fear keep you from stepping out of your comfort zone. Because when you step out of your comfort zone, you're going to step into your your potential, and you're going to start experiencing life to the fullest. That's what I would tell my younger self.
1: I absolutely love that. And I
0: would shake myself a little bit. What I'm telling you is true. Believe me. I've come from the future. (laughs) (laughs)
1: that's awesome Chaz oh man it's been a true honor to have you here today you are such a rock star my friend and I'm just so grateful and thankful for you thank my honor story my god it's uh, I'm inspired and I'm blessed by you and I know that many others listening will will feel the same and now you've got to let everyone know where to contact you my friend
0: yeah so the best way is Chaz Horn at ChazHorn.com is my email if you had a question about something we talked about today, or if this spoke to you, or if you needed help with your business, just send me an email and just put underdog, the underdog podcast in the subject line. That's the best and quickest way uh, to do that. And by the way, if the top, you see the first three people who do that, I'll do a, a business assessment. And by the way, that's not code for trying to sell you something. <laughs> I know it is a lot. So First three, I will give a a business assessment. I have four areas that I'm able to point out what the problem is, why you're not selling, why you're not attracting people. And so I can point that out. And if I can help more and you're interested, we can schedule a more in-depth conversation. And also just go to uh, Chaz Horn at LinkedIn. Uh, You can follow me there. I put content out there pretty much, uh, well, multiple times every day. And I'm really transparent. I've talked about this 2004 thing in, in LinkedIn. Because it's part of a, who I am. You know, what I want to hear something interesting is when you are yourself, and I said this earlier, you being you will attract the exact right people to you. I get more clients when I'm transparent talking about my shame than I'm going to some business strategy with the tactic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. People long for trans and authenticity.
1: Yes. Amen. And that's exactly what you are, Taz. You are more than authentic and you have such a beautiful energy and spirit. So I'm not- Thank you. That- you know those those people get attracted to
0: you because you're just so awesome honestly and i'm just so great i've come a long way i haven't arrived you know this pamela the more you grow the more you realize you have to grow
1: amen my friend amen you, it's such an honor to have you Chaz. thank you so much for being thank here thank you
0: today. you're welcome
1: thank you again for sharing your story and being with us thank you thank you
0: the only dream that i've been chasing is my own so that's it for today's episode of underdog